That's R-O-B-A-N-G properties.com. The fastest hour in sports radio is here. This is the greatest moment in my life. On the Big 550 KTRS. Team sports will keep you away from temptations like rock music. It's Sports Sunday, and it starts now. Oh, my goodness. Here's Brendan Weesey. Pleasant good Sunday morning to each and every one of you. Brendan Weesey with you. Sports Sunday on the Big 550 KTRS. Howard Morton is our producer, as always, and appreciate all of Howard's help, as always. Take you up to 12 noon. Ben Fred's going to be with me in a little bit. A lot to discuss. We'll have some Tiger Tales to talk about Mizzou's, unfortunately, latest defeat. But we're going to find a lot of bright spots this morning. I can promise you that. Uh, can't find as many with slew basketball. They lose last night again at home by double digits. This time they lose to UMass. We'll talk some blues hockey because the blues are on a terror. How are they doing it? Is it sustainable or not? We are quickly approaching the NHL's all-star break blues play today against the Kings. I should say this afternoon. So maybe you're on your way down to the Enterprise Center right now. They'll play again on Tuesday before a long break, and I feel like that break is ill-timed because the Blues are playing some good hockey right now. But we'll uh, dig into some pucks. It's Championship Sunday in the NFL, and many would say this day is better than Super Bowl Sunday. You get two games. Last time you're going to get two football games. In a single day until, well, do you count the XFL or the new, what are we calling it, the UFL? We're going to get that in late March. I'm not sure that's the same thing. So really, we're talking about late August, early September. The next time we'll have multiple football games in one day. But this is a pretty good day of sports when you factor that in. Chiefs play at two against the Ravens. It'll be the 49ers and the Lions, the late game today on Fox. I don't think there are any television disputes right now. So I I don't think Fox or CBS gets blacked out on any television carriers. So you should be in good shape. Should be able to watch the games. No problems later on today. We're closing in on soccer season. I mean, soccer season never really ends. There's always some sort of soccer going on, but let's specify by saying the MLS season getting closer. City played an exhibition game Friday. They they uh, take Nashville to a 2-2 draw, but they're back in town this week. Welcome back home, I guess, with, uh, with the weather as it is. I'm, I'm not sure they're thrilled to be back after being down in Florida for the la- for the better part of two weeks. But we'll have coverage for you all week long as a city is back in town, and we'll uh, deliver that to you in our various soccer programs. I believe soccer in the Lou back this week. I mean, we've been preempted um, for the last month and a half or so, but we're back Tuesday, soccer in the Lou at 8 o'clock. We've got Tiger Talk and Valley on the Big 550 
tomorrow. We've got Mizzou basketball. We're completely, at least the big sports shows, completely blown out on Wednesday as Mizzou takes on Arkansas. But that's just a little sneak peek into our week coming up. Uh, on the other side of our first break, plenty to discuss with Benford. Like I said, our Tiger Tales, we'll talk some Mizzou basketball. Hey, Mizzou does have their new defensive coordinator after several weeks. We talked about that on Friday night. If you missed any of that, check out our our Mizzou game plan show from Friday. But Mizzou's got their guy, and it's um, a Coach Batoon comes by way of South Alabama. That was a pretty good defense the last couple of years, a top 20, top 30 defense, top 15 defense this past year. He takes over for Blake Baker. Again, if you missed that, check that out on our KTRS app. Ben Fred up with me next. Tiger Tales here on the Big 550 KTRS. Tiger Tales is on the air. Spins back, a reverse layup, good! And Missouri's got the lead at 57. 56 with 11-18 to play. A recap of the latest Tigers basketball game. Here's Ben Fredrickson and Brendan Nisi on the Big 550. KTRS. We do some Tiger Tales on this Sunday morning. Sports Sunday on the Big 550 KTRS. Brendan Weesey, sports columnist from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Ben Fredrickson. Ben, good morning. Good morning, man. How are you? I'm good. Great to hear your voice on what uh, we're uh, like on day nine of no sunshine here in St. Louis, but that's okay. I believe that's going to change later this afternoon. At least that's what I've been told. And hasn't been much sunshine for Mizzou basketball, Ben, as uh, as we've discussed uh, ad nauseum for, for those folks that, that listen to us on a regular basis. But I, I, I choose to kind of focus on the positive today. It, at least I try. I mean, another game of Mizzou being in the game um, and, and another another final result that sees the, the, the ending score really not look all that good. And, you know, kudos, I guess, to the television broadcast yesterday. They did try to focus on it. And, and they're right. Mizzou is in just about every single one of these games which which is a positive but they 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 haven't learned how to close things out and that's that's tough for me to wrap my head around because that's all this team did last year was close out wins it's all it's all they did at the start of the year at Minnesota at Pitt those were difficult games so i i don't know if it's just Caleb Grills absence that has caused this to happen but it's just it's been very strange to see this team regress in how confident they are because i think that's a big part of this ben they've lost a lot of confidence on the offensive end we know they're not a strong defensive team that's not in their dna per se that wasn't in their dna last year but i think one of the real big stories here is how much they've lost confidence in just scoring the scoring the basketball I think that's a good point. I think over the course of the season, you become a team that um, almost looks forward to and feels like it has the upper hand in those game-deciding stretches and moments, or you become a team that kind of feels that creeping sense of dread. And it's really interesting because oftentimes that's like a season on the right side of it and a season on the wrong side of it. It's kind of like in college football where you're either a team that is plus turnover margin or minus – 
seems to kind of play out in every game. This team looked like it had some of that carryover from last year, despite so many guys who were different on the roster. They stormed back and won at Minnesota. Um, you know, they, they were able to to get that big win at Pitt, and, and maybe it is the, the difference of one guy. I, I think more more it's it's not so much that Caleb Grill is out, that John Tanji hasn't hasn't worked like they hoped and was injured. Uh, those things absolutely impact the team, but they're also – being fed more and more of the of the sour results and I think that makes you start to have some internal questions and you know I'm kind of running out of things to say that I think if this team can do this or that then I think they'll finally get that first conference win because now they're getting you know pretty good games from two guards they're getting pretty good games from Tamar Bates and Sean East and now everybody else has kind of gone gone silent and you needed those two guys to play really well and you also needed some complimentary help so this is a team I think that is dealing with what happens when you've got the guys who were supposed to be key contributors either not able to play because they're hurt or not playing well and are frustrated because they're not stepping up as they hoped and they're kind of leadership seasons. And I think when you got, you know, the games that recently we've seen from Noah Carter, from Nick Honor, when they're kind of thrust forwards as leaders of the team and they struggle, then that kind of can, it can leave you searching and, and, I, I commend Mizzou for, for not having any quit in them, but that does get a lot harder when you keep seeing that zero next to your win total in the conference standings. And this league is crazy competitive, and I think there's winnable games in it, but quickly Mizzou has become the team that, that can't find a way to get one, and and that's going to be the perception of them until they find a way to change it. So it's frustrating. I, I like that Gates is starting to feed into a guy like Jordan Butler who's going to be a part of this moving forward. I think he's being realistic now about what he's got to do. Um, they had some guys who weren't able to play for injuries or illnesses or um, family member situations uh, in this last game. But I think we're going to continue to see him lean and, and, and invest in some of these younger guys. And I think at this point it's safe to say that the only thing you can do right now is try to salvage the best of what you got left. And that means giving opportunities to guys who are going to be a part of this thing moving forward over some guys who are not, who are, who are kind of struggling, to be honest. Again, remember, we've technically got a month and a half of this thing left. There's a lot of season to go for Mizzou and uh, I'm still not ready to say salvage yet but and there's winnable games left for this Mizzou basketball team Ben and and one thing I need to stop saying is you gotta find you know you, you don't have Kobe Brown you don't have Kobe but you know who has stepped up now and and there's that there's no more saying well this is kind of fluky this that and the other Tamar Bates has stepped into what Kobe's shoes were last year. And and here's my best example. There's one player, one player in the country who's shooting better than 50% from the floor, better than 40% from three, and better than 90% from the free throw line. One dude in the country. It's Tamar Bates. That's what Kobe did last year. And, And remember how often Coach Gates propped that up, that Kobe was shooting those percentages. Tamar Bates is shooting those numbers. Now, he's not quite the complete player Kobe was last year. Kobe was, uh, he he was everything for this team. But Tamar Bates is really emerging right now. And if if we are looking for a bright spot in what has been a, a dismal season for the Tigers, Tamar Bates is that guy. And it's not a guarantee that he's back next year, but from what I understand, I think that's uh, 
there, there's really no reason for him to up and leave. Great relationship with the coaching staff. I, I think Tamar Bates is going to run it back again next year. And what we're seeing right now from him is a legit offensive player. And it goes to what you just said a second ago, Ben. There just isn't enough help on a game-to-game basis from three or four other guys to back up what Tamar has been doing and his emergence in SEC play. He was still trying to find himself in in non-conference. But what he has done against the top competition in the Southeastern Conference needs to be celebrated because uh, he has really been outstanding and there is nothing flukish about what Tamar Bates has done. Man, I think he's bigger than a bright spot. I think he's a guy who could help Gates go get other guys now in the future. I think Dennis Gates is building kind of a very, very good-looking list of examples that he can point to to players, whether they're considering Mizzou out of high school or considering Mizzou as a transfer destination where he can say, hey, look, yeah, so far I got one good year. We went to the tournament, won the first game for the first time in more than a decade, and had one year that that's that that bottomed out okay now let's look at our individual growth and performance that i've got from my players thanks to my staff and and the guys i recruit um look at what sean east is doing going from a junior college point guard to one of the most effective guards in the sec look at what kobe brown did his shooting percentages before gates and his staff took over we would have never thought that he could have had the kind of glow up that he did as a senior, he became a more confident player. He was put in a system that better suited his needs, and now he's having huge scoring performances in the NBA G League with a chance to you know, really be an NBA producer, I think. And now Tamar Bates. If you're in Indiana and you're seeing these numbers, these box scores come out of Missouri, aren't you going, man, were we not getting the best out of Tamar Bates? I mean, he was not doing this kind of stuff in Indiana. He was a contributing player, but he was a role guy. Right. And here he's becoming an SEC you know, SEC threat. And these, these meetings that these other teams are having about Mizzou are revolving around stopping Tamar Bates. And these are, these are guys who have all probably significantly improved their NBA potential. Thanks to being with Gates. Thanks to being with CY. And, and ultimately guys want to play for winners. They want to have a chance to win a championship. Guys also want to play for, for coaches and systems and programs that they think can put them in the league. And, And I think that Gates is showing that, that he can develop these guys. I think it's why you got to give him some trust with how he's handling the Trent Pierce's and the, you know, the Jordan Butler's. I think it's why you got to be very encouraged that he's lining up the four stars. I mean, if he gets this kid from Columbia in the 2025 class, I think he will have had seven or eight four stars committed and landed since he got to Mizzou. He's only been there two seasons. I mean, you and I know four stars make the college basketball world go around and they make NBA pros. So I think, again, and, and, and this is not to – I'm not suggesting anybody just tunes out the rest of the season. you got to watch to see how this team grows, how guys are, are developing or not, how Gates adjusts things to try to get that win. But I, I think as frustrating as this season is, you are seeing still examples on this roster, none better than tomorrow, of guys who are clearly getting better and clearly making strides forward and clearly saying, okay – they're going to, he, he, there's no way he could transfer thanks to the transfer rules, but there's no way he should. He's going to be the star of this team next year. And hopefully for Mizzou's sake, he has some more help around him or some more developed help from these guys who are going through some growing pains this year. 
Well, aren't we back to the wild, wild west of transfers? Can't you transfer as much as you want again now? So who? <laughs> well, I think who yeah, Tamar would be a, Tamar would have been one of those guys who transferred and was immediately eligible. But I think now with that two-time transfer rule, you could technically transfer again. I don't know about where his he is in his studies. You'd have to. I don't even know if that stuff matters anymore. But yeah, now you have guys who are going to transfer twice and try to play immediately and it just not to get us off track on ncaa issues but the department of justice which is not a small uh, body to be on your side has actually weighed in with the players on this saying that you really can't have an amateurism system and <clears throat> that limits players from transferring as much as they want and playing all the time immediately which will be a mess but when the doj is lining up against you it makes it uh it makes it harder for the NCAA to try to limit this. And I'm not saying they should be able to, I will say this though. I'd be wary about taking a two time transfer if I was a coach, because if that you start looking into that guy and he's transferred four high schools before he went to college, it may, the problems might not have been the programs he was leaving. It might've been the player. Right. And again, to reiterate, we don't think Tamar Bates is transferring and that that's why this is it, it's because it's tough for me watching it. And I, and I'm looking for end results. Hey man, let's, I, I want to see some wins. I want to see this program make it back to back years in the tournament. That's obviously more than likely not happening unless they run the table the rest of the way, but it's pretty easy to, to prop this up and say, well, here is one good thing coming out of this year. And I, I mean, maybe for me, the last thing Bates needs to do and and I hate to say this, he he's so smooth, Ben, and he he almost does too good a job of avoiding contact. Sometimes he weaves his way in and out of traffic. You want to draw contact a little more. So the last the the, the final maybe piece to the puzzle for Bates is bulking up a little bit. I mean, not too terribly much, but maybe just a little bit more to take a little more physical contact in the lane is he's doing a good job of, of drawing. He draws contact more than anybody else on this team right now, but it just might be one final piece, Ben, uh, for, for Bates and, uh, and his transformation into one of the better players. That's, uh, that's maybe next off season for him to think about, but really at this point, with what he's figured out in the last few weeks, and I do think it's more than just a hot streak. I mean, this guy is a former four-star recruit with a lot of teams after him. I I think this is. Uh, I, I think the transformation might almost be complete. And one other name to throw in there uh, is Demoy Hodge, Ben, of these four guards in the yeah. last two years. Great point. Coach, yeah, under Coach Gates. Well, and go and, ahead. And, and not to, to to just add on to that. You know, I've heard. And I don't feel like the need to go full on like, hey, give Dennis Gates time because I don't think fans are losing their minds. I think they're disappointed with this season, but I think they feel good about the future of the program. But I just also add, we watched Tamar Bates through the non-conference season. Did any of us think that he was going to be doing this now? I didn't. No. Okay. So Gates and his staff got that out of him. So when we say we don't know what this team would look like if they had Caleb Grill and if they had John Tanjay, and the response is, well, they played earlier this season and they didn't look all that impactful. Fair point. But we also don't know what they would be playing like now. Gates has gotten more out of Tamar Bates every time he's gone out to play. And to say that, that he could only get that out of that player when he's gotten it out of Sean East and Demoy Hodge and Kobe Brown. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a fair thing as to where would this team be competitively if they had Caleb Grill and John Tanjay because they could have gotten better every time out or maybe one of them didn't, but maybe one of them did. 
that they wouldn't be a winless team in conference play if they had those guys. And and maybe they'd be more in the middle of the pack, mixing it up, trying to be on the bubble than they are right now. I think that's a I think that's a fair assumption. And I think the rise of Tamar, as you brought up, I think it kind of illustrates that. You don't know what a staff that can get better performances over the course of the season from players is missing if it doesn't have two guys available. And I, and, I, and just to tie a bow around Mizzou, and we'll take a break here in a second, I think the I mean the two guys, and not to put too much on their plate, they, and, and if they had just come back and basically run it back from last year and see their numbers sort of I- I- at least hold serve from where they were a season ago, Nick Honor and, and Noah Carter, they have regressed, and, or at the very least, you you can't you're not getting consistent production out of them like you are right now Bates and like you are for the most part Sean East and there's just uh, there 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 should be no complaints about what Sean East has has brought this team his second year in Columbia but but Honor and and Carter have have regressed in their consistency you're not you really don't know what you're going to get from them game to game and I I think. And and maybe Coach Gates would would admit as much. I, I I do feel like there was a lot on their plate early, like that they were supposed to be the the heir apparent to what Demoy and what Kobe did last year, and that was probably too much to ask. But they're also not performing as those complementary pieces alongside East and right now Tamar Bates, and I I think that's that's the biggest thing if. if they were just the, close to the same guys they were last year. I think we're talking about a Mizzou team that's sort of in the mix. And then, obviously, the the, the grill and Tanjay parts. But you can't help that. They're hurt. And I, I that's that's not the same thing here. We don't think Noah Carter and Nick Honor are hurt. And, and Ben, they just haven't been the same guys. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, like you said, a lot on their plate. Maybe some 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 pressure that wasn't manifested well not for the sake of not being up for it but just overdoing it over 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 putting pressure on themselves and it's one thing to to thrive in a complimentary role or to play yourself off the bench and it's another thing to to be the guy and then to struggle and then to kind of find where you fit in when new guys emerge i mean the guys on this team right now are tamar bates and sean east and how does it, what does that mean for Carter and Honor in terms of how they kind of recast their season and fit in around it? That's tough. They are leaders on the team. When leaders don't perform, it makes it harder. Um, and that's a that's a if you could have gotten a a big kind of Kobe Brown ish breakthrough for one of those guys in the senior season, we'd be talking about something different. Um, and I, I would just encourage these guys or the coaches to kind of get, try to get these guys back to what they were, what they did so successfully last season. They've got real meaningful roles in the right, in the right roles. And maybe they were overcast, but you can still, you can still get them back to something productive. And, and I think that uh, maybe the the one thing that's gotta be, gotta be stressed, I, I think is continuing to, move the ball and not let it settle with those guys when they're looking for opportunities. I think they're better off the bounce. They're better off the catch and shoot. They're better with quick reaction and not plot. They're not the kind of guys who can dominate the ball right. and get buckets. If that, if someone's going to do that, it's going to be East and it's got to be Bates and you don't need four guys out doing it. Those yep. got to be those 
to everybody else kind of needs to get refitted. And they will kind of show a bit of flashes of that team we saw last year. It's Ben Fredrickson. I'm Brendan Weesey. It is Sports Sunday on the Big 550 KTRS or Tiger Tails tying a bow around it. When we come back, some thoughts on slew basketball, on some blues hockey, and maybe a final thought on football today. Who will be playing in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks? We'll do that when we return after this. Increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, there's nothing like clearer skin and better movement, and that means everything. Ask your doctor today about SkyRizzy and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. Jackson Hewitt has a plan to get your tax refund fast with a buck, buck here, buck, buck there, here, buck, there, buck, everywhere, buck, buck. You don't have to wait weeks for your tax refund. Get money sooner with a no-fee refund advance loan at Jackson Hewitt. On this loan, there's a money today guarantee. E-I-E-I-D-O. Don't settle for chicken feed. Get fast bucks at Jackson Hewitt today. No-fee refund advance loans by Republic Bank offered to eligible clients. Money today guarantee if approved for a loan on a prepaid card. Details at jacksonhewitt.com. Whenever there's a mission of need in our community, KTRS is always leading the parade. And this time, we asked you to join us during the KTRS Radiothon to support Backstoppers. Backstoppers showed up and they reassured me that I had nothing to worry about. The generous support from our sponsors and you will help the Backstoppers continue their mission to be the safety net for fallen first responders in Missouri and Illinois. Whatever money you donate, it'll be money well managed and well spent on these families. The KTRS Radiothon to support Backstoppers. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Because KTRS cares. Sports Sunday on the Big 550, KTRS, Brendan Weesey, sports columnist from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Ben Fredrickson alongside Ben. Some thoughts here from uh, the rest of the weekend. That still is. It's not over yet. Uh, Slew, they do lose again last night. Another tough one at home. And they're finding ways to, to lose teams, to lose to teams at home. I mean, these were the very, very winnable games. Davidson a couple of nights ago. I mean, the reality of the situation is I, I've short, I, I've probably shortchanged the Atlantic 10 this year. I, I've said they're better than last year. They're much better than last year. And that's not saying much because the A-10 was just a drag a season ago. But they have really improved. A lot of their teams in the middle of the league, Ben, are better. We've I talked about Dayton a couple nights ago. Dayton loses last night to Richmond in uh, one of the games of the day in all of college basketball. So this is this is a league that packs a much bigger punch, and UMass is a better team, but they come to SLU and and, and SLU again loses by double digits on their home floor, uh, eight and twelve overall, one and six in the Atlantic Ten. They've lost four in a row, and granted, Dayton VCU in this losing streak as well for the Billikens, and as I mentioned, they actually played Dayton really tough a couple of weeks back but uh, reality setting in another tough game and another game Ben where they give up 84 the defense is just not there for the Bills and uh, they watch a UMass come to town and beat them 84 73 
and started the game as well as they started the game probably all season, hitting three-pointers. Um, it wasn't just Gibson Jimerson pouring in the points, and you kind of go, okay, they're going to get one. Um, should be noted, I think, that that uh, Dr. Shavitz made a big deal about being there in person, was tweeting about how it was a must-win game, and he flew into town for it. I mean, we know this is uh, one of SLU's most uh, influential donors. His name is on the building. Can't imagine he liked the end result there, watching that go down. Um, they, it's the defense, man. You nailed it. They just don't, they don't defend. It's not an effort thing of the coaching staff, but that doesn't, it's not an excuse. They, they don't have buy-in. They don't have execution. They don't have results. And if you're not going to defend, you better score up a whole lot of points. And they can't do that either. Um, entering this game, they had become the lowest scoring team in the A-10 and also the team allowing the most points in the A-10. That's not a good spot to be. The league is better, and that's what drives me crazy because there was an opening um, when, you know, when uh, Loyola had its kind of reality check upon entering the conference, when, you know, Dayton kind of went through a phase where it was really young and now those young guys are starting to get better, but there was an opening and there was no reason that Travis Ford, you know, entering eight years, entering seven years should not have been ready to kind of take that baton and have a good three, two, three year stretch where they were the team to beat in the A-10. And, and that's the vision at SLU. I mean, I, I want to point out, like, that's not me saying that. That's what SLU wants to be. They want to be known for basketball. They want to be known for men's and women's soccer. And they're, what needs to be their top pyramid of the sports complex is not performing. And they've, they've got to figure out why. They've got to figure out if it can be fixed with this staff. But I tell you what, man, losing games like this at home is a good way to just detonate whatever attendance you've got. And it's already down. This could be looking like a pretty grim scene at shape. That's by the time these home games run out. Yeah, it's it's to me the barometer for a program. And if people are disinterested in it and you start to get that feel about slew hoops, there there needs to be uh, a a change in direction, and it has to be pretty uh, pretty dramatic, especially with Doctor Shape. It's there, it kind of sets in motion. You think maybe about what could happen next. And, I, and I've heard people, a lot of people come up to me and ask about, it's not just a Travis Ford thing, is it a Chris May thing, athletics director there at SLU. And I don't, I don't think Chris May's in trouble yet because of the great soccer hires he's made. But I do think, Ben, whatever he does next with basketball, and that is either make a change and find a young dynamic coach to take over, or whether he gives Travis one more shot, which... I don't think is completely out of the question. Um, then I, I think, you know, Chris May might be on the clock at that point, and it's not just Travis Ford's job that hangs in the ballot. I, I think that this is a critical time for what uh, for what should be a just with, with the new facilities that have it opened up there at SLU. I mean, there's, there's so much to be excited about in Midtown. But like you said, it's yes, it's men's and women's soccer. But it's, I mean, men's basketball has always been the, uh, the the beacon for a program that obviously doesn't have doesn't have football, and it it comes down to the the next revenue generating sport. It's men's basketball, and when it's down like this, it is, it it's, it's just it's tough times, tough times for. Uh, for the program, for the athletics department, when when your lead program is struggling like this, so 
I, I think um, I think Chris May is is gonna have to make a uh, it, it's it's a difficult decision, but I think he it's it's getting to a point now where you you've got to figure out what's what's the best course of action for a program that needs life that needs something to set its course in 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 the uh, in, in the right direction. Yeah, and the unfortunate thing about the kind of season Slew's having is everybody's going to be having these conversations publicly when you probably have no – whether you're going to make a move or not, it doesn't make sense to do it now. you got the rest of the season to play, and you've got to have practices and games and want to monitor if you are looking around. You want to monitor teams as guys you might be interested in. I mean, it does – this idea that you, you get a jump start on making a move by being – by being open early, like, and having some weird interim coach, it's like, no, you wait it out. You, you see what happens. And he's always been the kind of guy that, that wants to talk and weigh in after the season's over. I think that's the smart way to play it. My question for Chris May would be like, it's the same thing that Missouri did with Conzo Martin. Um, I, Missouri, I can tell you like Missouri wanted to keep Conzo Martin. They sat down with him after the year. And there was a question of like, okay, this wasn't good. How does it get better? And the outcome of that discussion was that it was just better to make a change. And you've got to take, I think, a similar approach to Travis Ford. If you want to keep him, you sit down and say, okay, this clearly didn't work. What's the answer? What's what happened? And why is it going to be better next year? And if there's not a convincing answer, then I, then I don't I think you got your answer. Um, but you don't have that conversation now. You have it. Yeah, after the year's over, and you have it clear-minded with a chance to to get a feel for for what else is out there, and you know you you, you give this team a chance to either find some momentum or not, because it may answer itself, and the fans may answer it for you, because fans ultimately have a lot more say than uh, than administrations like to like to admit. If no one's going, if if fans are not all in on the the coach or somewhat invested, then then there's pretty much your answer. So. It's uh, it's tough because you hate to sit down, sit around and talk about a coach's future this early into the season again and again. But also, it's reality because as the team loses more and more, the you know the the, the games themselves they they start to represent a little bit less of the of the big picture. And the, there's that kind of that question that hangs over the the, the head of, of the program until the season ends. I've seen it happen a lot, and that creates pressure and stress. And it's a tough spot to be in. Um, but, but I do think that, uh, that Chris has done a great job at SLU. I think he's made some good hires. Uh, I don't think he has to be defined by the Travis Ford decision. And I'd also add this. I think Travis Ford was a pretty good hire. You look at what he did for a series of seasons, that 20 win ceiling. Okay. Well, it was a 20 win floor too. I mean, they, they didn't make a run in the NCAA tournament. They also were one of the stronger teams in the A-10 and he recruited the area well. They, he lifted it up from where it was. It doesn't mean it was a failed era, um, but overdoing it, sticking with it, if there aren't tangible reasons to say, okay, a new wave is coming, that, that, that could be a mistake. Right. I do think it's too early to say definitively, but uh, anyone who thinks that SLU isn't thinking about it is crazy. Right. It's um, it, it's coming up here soon. I will say, bright spot from yesterday, trying to find bright spots like we did with Mizzou, uh, Larry Hughes had one of his better performances yesterday, 14 points for the sophomore here with uh, 
his uh you know his dad watching over and it's good because he kind of struggled this year he he regressed a little bit but that was an encouraging performance for him kellen thames has done some good things this season too um it should be noted and he's a young guy with a lot of a lot of time left right uh no no doubt and um it's again that there be certain ways to look at this you know talking to rammer on friday it's you know he quickly brings up Travis Ford, like you said, Ben, 20 win seasons line his resume since he got here, either 20 wins or making it to a tournament or, or COVID. There are extenuate, a lot of extenuating circumstances as well. I know I was, I think we were both on the same page last year that Travis was going to come back and that there was plenty of reason to bring him back. Now, if you're going to bring him back again, you need to, there, there needs to be pretty straight, clear, upfront messaging as to why and what's the and 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 where to go next because uh he would certainly travis would certainly be on the clock and like i said i think that would put chris mays i'm not saying that it doesn't necessarily put his job in jeopardy but it puts his name on the line you put your name and and you say i I believe in this guy and yeah exactly (laughs) right exactly yeah you you said it more succinct than i did and that's and that's that's maybe maybe the play he takes. Um, we'll see. We'll see. He's not going to be the only voice in that discussion. They've got an active president who's very involved in sports. I think is positive on Travis, but also realistic. And they've got a lot of uh, people who help make that program what it is. Um, one one guy whose name is on the building, you might have a say too. Yeah, no doubt about it. How about the Blues? There's uh, there's one positive. That's a that's there's no looking for a bright spot. Blues have won four in a row. They sweep a road trip. I guess if you're looking for a final score today, you'd guess four to three because that's how the Blues have won uh, every game of that road trip, four to three. The last two were both in overtime. Buchnevich, the big goal a couple of nights ago. You host the Kings, a little fun uh, matinee game, and you can uh, go watch the second half of the of the Chiefs game and the, the Chiefs and the Ravens game afterwards. So... Fun afternoon of hockey, and, and Ben, I, I I think we were both guys who were very, very uh, skeptical about blowing out Craig Berube, and I I still would say it, it's a move I'm not sure I do, and I, I and I would have been one that said Craig Berube's built enough built up enough goodwill here, let him find his way out of it. But hockey's a strange sport. It, it's that sport that maybe more than any other, when you make a move, and it sometimes maybe it doesn't even matter what voice you put in there, it's a different voice and it changes things up. It does not mean that Craig Berube in any way, shape, or form is a bad coach. We know he's not. We know he's a tremendous coach. But maybe that change it in this particular sport in hockey it allows you to free yourself up in certain ways and for certain guys to maybe play at a higher level right now it's um after a couple of different uh roadblocks around the uh, around the uh, bend here for the blues that uh, that banister bump is continuing and maybe it's more than just a bump it uh four wins in a row that's uh that's a big deal well, yeah, I think we need to throw a parade. They got to uh, four games above 500 for the first time since uh, 2022. So all things are possible now. Now, I'm being somewhat facetious. <laughs> they're winning in really unsustainable ways, which I'm not knocking. Shorthanded goals, they're getting a ton of. 
Um, their goalies are playing outstanding, which that's kind of been the theme all season. Um, their offense is not producing much, but just enough to get the job done. I will say this, their defense is better. They, their power play, their special teams have, have gotten better. Um, and also they seem to have more consistent nightly game in, game out, buy in and effort that they weren't getting under the previous coach for whatever reasons, right or wrong. So I would say number one thing this proves is that Drew Bannister is making the case to get a chance to continue to coach this team. Wouldn't be surprised at all if they stripped that interim tag from him. Don't think there's any rush to do it, but I think they want this to work, and I think they're seeing reasons to talk themselves into it, and I don't have a problem with that. I still don't think Chiefs should have been fired, but that's not Drew Bannister's fault. I think you're seeing some encouraging things from the young guys um, that are supposed to be a part of this core moving forward a little bit, and uh, and it's good. You want to try to put a positive spin on this, give fans reasons to think that this won't take as long to be highly competitive again. Are they going to barnstorm their way into the playoffs? I don't see it. Um, this, to me, some of the things that are, that are happening are a little too fluky, but we'll see. The more they continue to string together wins, the better those postseason projection numbers look. They're still down around like 10%, um, and, and they're running out of time. But I think that uh, Doug Armstrong is probably liking this effort, this energy. Um, I think he's probably liking what he's seen from Drew Bannister and liking the way that some things have tangibly improved, but also kind of, um, you know, just in terms of effort and enthusiasm and vibes have have improved as well. So I, I think we're probably not going to be covering playoff hockey, but uh, I, I reserve the right to be surprised, and, and I'm certainly in favor of it if they can pull this off. But if nothing else, it's nice to have some positive headlines and positive moments right. around this team because it's been kind of a grind for the fans who've been plodding this season out to this point. Almost hate for the All-Star break to come up here after, uh, after Tuesday yeah, night's no game. Great point. They're playing, uh, playing well, but uh, they'll be. I think uh, Jordan Bennington deserves a lot of praise too. Hope for sure as does. well, but those guys have they've been great. Have continued to show up. They've been good all year. Um, they haven't had the roller coaster ups and downs. A lot of us were saying, "Hey, if Bennington can be level and good, this team's got a shot." He's done his part, and he's done his part despite losing the coach he, he had a high respect for. I think he's been a real leader this year. He hasn't had the on ice antics. I don't care about that stuff, good or bad. I think he's been leading with his performance and I don't think it's been talked about enough because there's been so much conversation about the coaching change and all the other struggles. Ben, a pick for the uh, football games today. Well, I think it's going to be chiefs 49ers. Um, I don't think I, I hate, I won't bet against Patrick Mahomes. He's got a better defense. He's a big game quarterback who thrives in the big moment. Um, and these receivers have been so bad all year. I think it's almost been like the Chiefs training with a weighted vest on. Um, some of these guys, are they're going to make some plays at some point. They have to. They're professional athletes. I wouldn't be surprised if they play their best in the in the two biggest games they have left. So um, I know a lot of people are in love with the Ravens. I know a lot of people are in love with the Lions. But I'll go Chiefs 49ers in the Super Bowl. I'll go both roadies today. Give me Chiefs. Give me Lions. Uh, Mahomes gets back. And then, hey, Jared Goff gets back of course he took uh our our rams he took them a few years ago when <laughs> well, they uh, first folks are saying that the st louis lions with sam laporta and, yeah uh, tied in there having an awesome season congrats to him there's st louis connections on that roster beyond him and uh and golf in some ways is kind of embraced here now because the rams kicked him to the curb so i would i, I would like to see that too We'll, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, ben, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We will talk to you, I believe, on uh, Tuesday. Tiger Talk tomorrow, Valley tomorrow, and then we'll, uh, we'll uh, bring you back on Tuesday night. 
Sounds good, man. Looking forward to it. Talk to you then. That's Ben. I'm Brendan. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the hockey today. Enjoy some hoops. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow.